0: This is episode 22 of the Creative Spirits Podcast. Today I interview Los Angeles-based painter Michael Hayden, who uses melted beeswax combined with pigments, oils, and resins to create colorful and luminous paintings. Sometimes his use of found objects brings an unexpected sculptural quality to his work. And stay tuned to hear his words of wisdom, which is truly touching. You are listening to the Creative Spirits Podcast. I'm your host, Cheryl Benji. I'm an artist, art educator, and creative coach. I'm here to share with you my journey as an artist. I share interviews that I do with other artists as well, and experiences that they have had, and words of wisdom. I believe we were all born to create, it just takes practice patience, and persistence to get to where you want to be. Hi, Michael. Thank you for being on my podcast. Hi, Cheryl. I'm so happy
1: to be here in Uh, your beautiful studio in your home. It's pretty nice. It's very colorful and
0: beautiful energy. Thank you. um so first i want to get into how we first met which was through saturday night live art shows which was started by brooke harker and then i finally got to meet you this past weekend (laughs) in your beautiful studio space which was so nice to see in person (laughs) and to experience your art in person which i always highly recommend uh because the energy is so different and all the texture and everything that you incorporate in your artwork to see that in person is something else. So I really enjoyed experiencing that.
1: Thank you so much. Everybody says the same thing. Uh, I I have to say it's one of the first things that people say about my work when they see it in person, they're like, it's so much better in person, you know, and like a lot of times I sell art uh, right, you know, off online and, uh, people get the art, they've never seen it except for online. And the first wow. thing they say to me is, it's so much better in person. Yeah. You know? So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: so, um, so we'll go into our first question. All right. Who or what inspired you to become an artist?
1: Well, it's an interesting story. Um, I never was one of those. I like to color as i was a kid you know but yeah. i never ever thought you know that i would end up being an artist and once i discovered uh that i could be an artist i i think i realized there's nothing else that i ever want to do uh, but i definitely had a lot of different things um, that i tried to do uh, in my life in fact i was a, a voice major at one point and i thought that i wanted to sing professionally and and everything, and uh, it just didn't work out that way, or that's another story, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I was living in New York City, and, um, you know, uh, as a young 20-something-year-old living in New York City, you know, you have a job, but you also need to pay your rent, so that means trying to find other ways to make money, and uh, one of the things I knew how to do was refinish wood floors, and mm. I could paint walls, you know, so... I started doing that uh as sort of a side gig and it was a pretty lucrative thing uh so and uh, it definitely uh helped me you know have a good life in in new york city i didn't look at it as something i would do for the rest of my life it was just a way to pay rent and not have to you know worry about the struggle so uh but anyway at some point uh uh i was asked to marbleize a dining room and Good. i had no clue how to marbleize the <laughs> dining room but i just said yes and uh so uh i actually uh, had another friend who knew somebody who worked for uh, metropolitan home magazine mm-hmm. and uh, he was a professional faux finish artist and so we pulled him in on to the job and uh, i just learned on the job in somebody's apartment you know how to uh, marbleize and it was pretty, uh, uh, natural thing for me. I, wow. I really, uh, just kind of went with it and it came out great. And so, uh, from there I was marvelizing anything that couldn't be tied down. Wow. I was just like, you know, if I marvelized the bathroom, you know, furniture, you know,
0: everything. And, and uh, well- what I love about this is that you could have come from fear and said, I don't know how to do that. No right. way. Like, no, I'll find someone else. But right. you're Like, okay, well, we'll figure it out. And you pulled it together.
1: Right. I love that. Well, it just became like, uh, it expanded my repertoire of things I could offer to people and actually you could charge a lot more money because it was, you yeah. know, specialized thing. So basically I just kind of taught myself how to do it. And from there, uh, learned other techniques and then, not long after that, uh, I had lived in New York city for probably about 10 years mm-hmm. and, uh, but decided that I had always wanted to live in California. So we moved to, ended up moving to Oakland in the Bay area. Mm-hmm. And there was a school there called the day studio. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, uh, taught by Joanne day, who is a, uh, renowned artist, uh, in the faux finish industry, she's considered the best. And so if you want to learn something, you know, learn from the best. And so I, I went there and, uh, I learned not only marbleizing, but, uh, gold leaf and all kinds of other, you know, decorative finishes and then, uh, became a decorative painter in the Bay area and did really, really well. And I got a partner in the business and, uh, we were killing it and, there just came a time when, uh, you go into somebody's home and you make something really beautiful and then you leave and it's, you feel really good about it, but you're also kind of sad because I'm never going to see it again unless Mm. I'm friends with them. Right. You know, and I have pictures of it, but it's sort of like, uh, like giving away a puppy. (laughs) you know. (laughs) So, So there was sort of something missing. And, um, uh, there were th- there were these really good neighbors of ours who lived across the street that had three kids mm-hmm. who were like our own kids because we were really good friends with them and we they grew up with us and they moved mm-hmm. and so it was just such a sad day when they were gone because there were all of a sudden you didn't hear all of those kids playing outside noises which is just such a beautiful background it's mm-hmm. like birds singing you yeah. know. And they were gone, and I felt sad, and so I went into my basement, and um, uh, we had some old house paint left over and some old scraps of wood, and I just started dipping, not even paintbrushes, just sticks in them, and kind of drizzling it over these uh, wood, pieces of wood and made kind of these, uh, and I didn't even know who Jackson Pollock was at the time oh. I did it, but they were very Jackson Pollock. It was just my expression of, uh, you know, how I was dealing with the, the loneliness I was feeling. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, that kind of started it. And so, um, uh, when I would do, uh, decorative painting on a wall, what was really popular back then in the early nineties was, uh, this, uh, technique that kind of looked like a parchment finish or like mm-hmm. an old faded map. Mm-hmm, and you would uh, do it by glazing the wall, rolling on a glaze, two colors usually, sometimes three, if you're getting, you know, really into it. And uh, and then you would take a cheesecloth and you would kind of wad it up in a ball and you just kind of like play with it on the wall yeah. and soften it all out. And it that, looked yeah. like an old faded map. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. The thing is, everybody wanted that finish. Mm-hmm. And my friend and I came up with, color combination, Uh, that was two neutrals that Mm -hmm. we would do together. And it was so popular. It was like, I could show them, you know, 20 different variations of color on a sample board and every time they would go to that two that finish, that was the two neutrals. Neutral, neutral, neutral. It was so boring. You know, we made a lot of money, but it was like, ugh. it was uninspiring. You know? Yeah, we called it the money maker. I'm like, oh my God, here we go again with the money maker. But I'm mean, serious, it would be like 99% of the time that would be the one they pick before I even yeah. got a chance to show them anything else. So I was missing out on that uh, part of me that wanted to expand and be creative. And so mm-hmm. I would take the cheesecloth that I had used on jobs, you could wash it a couple of times and, and reuse it. But after a couple of times it would get scratchy and you had to have this, the finish was a very soft finish. Mm -hmm. So it would pile up because I didn't want to throw it away. It was, wasn't like paper that was going to get recycled. Yeah. And so this is where the recycling in my art starts to come in right in the very beginning. So I would take, uh, cheesecloth and uh, stretch it over uh, canvas Mm -hmm. and then uh, try to make a painting from that. So at the same time, I did a background, probably that moneymaker finish, the parchment finish uh, on the, for the background of a mural that was in a live work uh, space for artists in Mm -hmm. downtown Oakland, a beautiful building, but it was in the lobby. There was a Elevator, And all around the room was this uh, stripe of, of a mural that was covered up with brown paper. And so my job was to do the finish above and below it. So it you know it wasn't just against white walls. I had no idea what it looked like. And so when uh, I finished my, my job, uh, I stood back and they came in and inspected it and they started pulling off the brown paper. Well, the mural was made of wax and I had never seen anything wow. like it. I had no idea you could do that. Wow. I had, it just was never even a thought to me. So what did I do? I went home and I started, uh, stretching those, uh, pieces of, uh, cheesecloth that I would soak in glue and water to make it, uh, stiff and, okay. and ad- adhere to the, uh, canvas. And then there would be a, a piece above and then a piece of below and then there would be a stripe in the middle now i didn't know what I, I i i'm a folk finish artist i'm not a fine artist i couldn't draw a dog or a tree or my way out of a paper bag wow so yeah. uh, for me the the easiest thing to do was to do that that cheesecloth above and below but in the middle i would do a streak of color that i would where i would melt crayons into that streak, usually just like a solid color. And, uh, for me, it was, uh, that streak was the emotion I was trying to convey. So I did about 30 of those paintings and, uh, I hadn't shown to anybody. Then a friend of mine who was an artist there said, Hey, they're having open studios, you should show these at the open studios. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, what's an open studio. And then like, you just do it in your backyard and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. so. I put up the paintings and, uh, in my backyard, all over my backyard and people started coming in, it was a Saturday and Sunday as a weekend. And people would come in one by one and, you know, comment on the paintings. And somebody would say, oh, I love this one because you know, red is my favorite color, or I love this one because I like the way that, you know, the gold leaf at the top part, you know, mm-hmm. works with the blue yeah. color that you put in the street. And, uh, so. It was Sunday, and at that point, uh, uh, every every single painting had had somebody comment about they loved it for this reason, except for one. And I kept looking at that painting thinking, okay, wow. I'm like, you know what? If somebody comes in and says something about that painting, then that means that this is really what I need to be doing. This Uh is God telling me this is what you're supposed to do. Sure enough. No, the way. last two ladies that came in, I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> right now. But the last two ladies that came in they were like, this painting is my favorite painting wow. because this I and that. that. And I'm like, that's it. I hear you, God. You know, I'm going to keep going. So that was how it happened.
0: Oh, that was what
1: it, what told me to become an artist. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you know, what? you brought up Jackson Pollock. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he... Did not know how to draw at all
1: oh really and he really
0: yeah like yeah, I didn't even
1: know that.
0: yeah you there's a portrait he did and it was just dark and just <laughs> not good at all but he wanted to be an artist so bad that uh-huh. he figured it out and i always Very talk about cool. that that we can't limit ourselves a lot of people say oh, i can't even draw a stick figure but <laughs> like but there are other things you could do right you know there are other ways you can create it's not just about drawing something perfectly or painting something perfectly. It's just in its expression and finding different ways of doing it.
1: You are hitting the nail on the head because I think that that deters so many people from pursuing the first painting you do. It could be a masterpiece who knows, but if if it has a drip or a smudge or whatever, uh, don't let that keep you from continuing to move forward because, uh, personally I let that in the beginning you know freak me out I'd be like oh it's got a drip here and it's got a smudge here and now I that to me is the soul of the painting
0: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know that's that like, that's that's not a, a poster that's a work of, of original art so yeah. and that's what people want they want to see I'll tell you another story another i'm I'm inspired or, or who inspired me I used to Uh, In New York City, another thing I used to do to make money was uh, cater. And a lot of times we would cater at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Yeah. And I I was just there this time. You were. Yeah, November. uh, I'm so overdue. It's beautiful. (laughs) But, uh, and I'm going to sound really, as an artist, this is going to sound really ignorant. Yeah. I didn't even know who Vincent van Gogh was.
0: Wow. And
1: so, uh, uh, I mean, I may have heard of him, but I didn't even know. And so, whenever we would load in and, you know, bring in all the chairs and all that stuff, we'd go through the galleries and I would see the benches there and I'd be like, why? I mean, why are they sitting on the bench staring at a painting? Just look at the painting and move on. What are you doing? You know, (laughs) it's like, what are you, why are you spending so much time? Well, if you've never done that, you need to do it because I was like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to pick out a painting. I'm going to sit on a bench and I'm going to look at it. So I went in one day and I, went to the bench and I sat down and I just looked at the painting on the wall and I fell in love. I mean, I kid you not. And it was Vincent Van Gogh's Sunflowers. Mm. And you just, if you've never spent time with that painting and if you ever get to see it in person, I want you to do this. Go up to that painting and look at it really close. Not so close that the alarm goes off like I did. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get in trouble. But if you look really closely, there's a brush hair that vincent van gogh came from vincent van gogh's wow. brush as he was making that painting that. and it's sticking off the painting and i want that brush hair so badly like, <laughs> <laughs> if i could only have That's that vincent cool. van gogh's brush hair but that was that was how i fell in love with art um, yeah. you know and and you know said you know i need to spend more time investigating this and so a lot of my paintings uh Uh, I, I, uh, I'll do a nod to an artist, uh, that I love, and I have these three giant doors with trees in them. And, uh, a lot of, uh, Vincent Van Gogh's, uh, paintings have the cypress in them. And, uh, so these three doors have this, uh, one of them has the cypress in it. Uh, and it's my nod to Vincent Van Gogh. It's not me saying, Hey, this is me drawing a cypress tree. You know it's a it's a it's my kind of thank you Vincent for uh inspiring me
0: yeah yeah so oh, I love that <laughs> thank you for sharing that Of course. um so tell us the story behind your work with the crystals which mm-hmm. I love I love crystals I collect them <laughs> so when I saw that I was like ooh. yeah, it's <laughs> right here on your desk. yeah. <laughs> um and which Beautiful. crystal is your favorite to use and why
1: uh I knew this question was coming and I really really thought about it and I don't have a favorite one um I guess the first one that pops in my mind is amethyst Mm -hmm. everybody loves amethyst what's not to love about amethyst but but I've worked with so many crystals now that each one there's something special and energetic and beautiful about it so it's really hard for me to to just pinpoint just one but like I said I'd have to say amethyst and then uh recently I did a commission my most recent com- commission is called Rise and Shine uh that I did for a lovely couple and um I put uh garden quartz in that it's uh like a smoky it's smoky quartz but they also call it garden quartz mm-hmm. and what's beautiful about it is unlike the clear quartz crystals there's like these striations inside, they're almost smoky colored, even like a charcoal color. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times you get on the, uh, outside of the, of the crystal, these kind of, uh, calcified deposits that are kind of rusty colored. And I just thought I never even, uh, had had been that familiar with smoky course before. And I kind of fell in love with it, um, uh, with, uh, some, a uh, new a new trip to my crystal dealer uh i learned about some other crystals that i purchased and uh one of them is called uh pyrite well not mm-hmm. pyrite i i know pyrite but fool's gold i had that one mm-hmm, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. but it's called cyanite, and it's blue with like mm-hmm. silver mica uh pieces in it it's just
0: so beautiful. Uh, stunning
1: stunning uh, it's actually a gemstone too mm. so uh it's really just a beautiful uh, crystal that i want to put into my horizon line uh, paintings because uh, it has the colors of the ocean and you know how when you go to the ocean uh, sometimes and it looks really blue or gray mm-hmm. and you have these little glints of like little diamonds in the, mm-hmm. in the yes. water that's what I'm going to try to re- recreate. Oh, there's I can't crystal. wait to see that. Yeah, I can't either. So, I'm pretty excited about it. But yeah, there's, there's so many crystals that I, I haven't know. even probably even seen yet.
0: So, I go into a crystal shop and I'm like <laughs> a kid in a candy store. Yeah. We were in Sedona recently and we went oh, into one of those cool. shops and I was like, yeah, oh my God. I just want to spend hours in here.
1: You know what? I would also recommend Sedona. I know it's a magical place. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you ever get a chance, I think it's twice a year they do the Tucson Gem and Mineral Show. Okay. Wow. Okay. I mean, there's probably about, I would say, and I'm just guessing maybe 30 different shows in the city of Tucson. And those shows are made up of maybe 200 different tents or maybe one giant tent with 200 dealers in it. And it's overwhelming. You can't, you can't see it all in a weekend. There's just, you just pick one tent, maybe (laughs) one day and one tent another day and just immerse yourself in the, in the beauty and the energy of, and everybody's so happy to be there. Oh, I'm sure it's a magical thing, but they have these, I've never seen talk about amethyst they have these giant I mean room-sized oh. pieces of amethyst and they they've cut them they've opened them up and and they are like hint on hinges or door hinges or something and you can go and sit inside it and then they close it up oh. with you inside oh. and before you get to do that for like five <laughs> minutes and sit there inside could you imagine uh, I wanted to do it, but I'm a little claustrophobic. So, I know I get claustrophobic. But too. I was really enjoying watching the other people wow. the energy that they were getting out of it. And I'll probably do it next time. So. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah.
0: and you were talking about how Caesar Milan was it? The dog oh, yeah, whisperer. So, so, He's the one who wanted a painting mm-hmm. with crystals and then that's how yep. it all came about.
1: Exactly. <laughs> uh so um I had a friend who was an interior designer, or is an interior designer. I think she still is, but uh it's actually Jenny McCarthy's sister. Oh cool. Melissa McCarthy's cousin, uh, who I used to be friends with, Melissa. And uh so that way I got an introduction the to the comedian? Jenny. Yep. Oh, yep. I love her. We used to live together at, uh in New York and wow. live here. Uh, but anyway, so through her I had the connection of Jenny and then uh and, and Jenny's uh, sister, who's uh, Melissa's cousin, uh, was doing some work for Caesar and uh, his fiancee Jahira uh, in their home, and so she isn't was in San Diego at the time, and she came and stayed with us while mm-hmm. she was doing the job. And so I said, "Hey, you know, do they need any art?" And she's like, "No, I'm not. I don't think so. You know, but but uh, you know, if you want to." bring maybe a painting over there and just say hi and see what they think, that would be fine. Well, yeah. anybody that knows anything about trying to sell art, don't just take one painting, I took about seven. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I and
0: love so, that.
1: Uh, <laughs> And so Jahira, I pulled the first one out and Jahira said, that is beautiful. Purple is my favorite color. It happened to be like a purple painting. It's called, the painting is called Now and Zen. Not now and then, but now in Zen. I love your it, purple paintings. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's one of my favorite colors. Yeah. And
0: with the crystals. Yeah.
1: Well, this one didn't have crystals in it. Yeah. Uh, and none of them yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, they ended up buying several paintings. And then wow. one of them was a triptych. And it had little, um, the ceramic, electrical... Trans, what do you call them? That it was when knob and tube wiring, mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. would wrap the wiring around this, these ceramic pieces that yeah. kind of have grooves in it, and those were in my Horizon line. And uh, Caesar said, "Hey, I love this painting, but you know, I also really love crystals, and would you mind if?" Uh, we took these off and put crystals on there instead. And at first I was kind of, uh, for a split second, I was a little insulted because I, I liked it like it was, yeah. but I thought, you know what, if, you know, if he's, he's bought several paintings and if he wants to have crystals in it, no skin off my nose, I'll customize it for him. It was so much fun. We got to go to, it's not there anymore, but the Crystallarium on Melrose. you remember that? The black and white building on the corner of Melrose I and La Cienega? Well, anyway, it was one of those shops that sells crystals, and we went in. And uh, first of all, going anywhere with Caesar is it's really interesting because everybody, you know, hey Caesar, I just want to ask you one question, <laughs> you know, and he'll stop and answer that question. Aww. He's that's why he's you know so beloved because he's you know he he realizes that his uh, fans are you know why he gets to live the life that he lives, yeah. and be who he is. He's so nice, and he's a really funny person, too, by yeah, the way. Yeah,
0: he looks like uh, a
1: Yeah, and so, but we went in there, and he's like, I'll have this crystal, and that crystal, and this, 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 and he bought all these crystals, and then he said, okay, here, here you go, just choose out of these, and, you know, pick whatever you want, and when I say he bought a lot of crystals, he bought a lot of crystals, oh, <laughs> so sure. it was like, it seemed at the time that, like, when he did it, like, I was kind of like, wow, he just bought those crystals for a lot of money and yeah, I was like they're not cheap I <laughs> was just like handing them over to me mm-hmm. and saying you know go for it and so anyway it was a it turned out to be a, a really uh uh I really liked the piece how it turned out and he loved it and I was like ah you know maybe I should do another one and then another yeah. one and another one and another one and now I'll probably have done maybe 25 30 paintings with crystals yeah, in them
0: so cool. I think I'm
1: about to close that series out
0: yeah before
1: too long and just go off, branch off in another direction, another direction. Because, but, I, but I'll come back to it.
0: But sure. here's where I like your attitude again, where you didn't shut that down just, and, you know, continue staying in that <laughs> offended state. Like, oh my gosh, he's like, what, what is he saying? He doesn't like <laughs> that piece and, or that part of it. And,
1: <laughs> where you a, tried
0: it, you tried it and you saw, hey, yeah. this is cool.
1: There's another painting that he bought called Playa del Rey. Yeah. And um, it's a big painting. And, uh, they, uh, moved from one home to another still here in the area. And, uh, they, they had an interior designer come in and just do the whole house. And so, uh, the dining room was where they wanted to put this painting, but the color didn't quite go with the furniture and the Mm -hmm. upholstery and everything. And they called me one day and they said, Hey, um, Could you take this painting back and give us another painting that would match the decor you know more better than this one Mm -hmm. and i thought how insulting that was so (laughs) insulting i was like you know that's not how it works and but quick thinking on my feet i said you know i can't really do that uh but what i will do is uh if you give me a piece of the upholstery fabric i'll bring the painting back into my studio and one of the things i do with my paintings is i paint the edges up them yeah Uh, a a complementary or contrasting color. And so I matched that color uh, of the upholstery to the side of the painting and it worked really well. And then I said, Hey, let's add crystals to it too. And so I found these pink Himalayan uh, crystals that were incredible and the color was so beautiful sort of a peachy creamy color with little bits of green in them and oh it was really beautiful and so i uh attached those all to the horizon line and now it's in the the dining room and they Ah. absolutely love it and i actually think it it's, you know, it works more with my current collection of art, and then it's something that he inspired me to do, so why not do that for him? I love that. You know? That's
0: beautiful. <laughs> well, earlier you talked about the third one, right, that you use different materials like wax, wires, burlap, yeah. and glass. Um, I guess we could dive more into that. I think, and it's,
1: I think it is a... It's it's a good one yeah. to
0: talk about, because when I was there, you were talking about, I mean, you're you're your paintings remind me of a cake. Like you have layers Uh and it's not just the icing on the outside. You cut into the cake Mm -hmm. and there's like all the goodies inside Mm -hmm. and all the beauty. And it's when you start talking about it, you're like, Oh, that's so interesting. Mm
1: -hmm. One of the the things about that uh, before we uh, go into something else, I think it's really important to bring up the, uh, influence and inspiration from my grandfather Mm -hmm. uh and my grandfather and i were he wasn't like we weren't like super super close however he was a jack of all trades master of none and one of the things he did was paint houses and another thing he did was collect things bits of junk nuts bolts pieces of wood and he had uh this old shed in the back of their uh property in memphis mm-hmm. and when i was a kid we would go to visit them and i don't want to sit around you know talk to the grandparents yeah or i was out playing in the yard and everything and that old shed i would sneak into that old shed and it was just chock full of curiosities and i was it was like the most magical place for me as a little kid just to look at all of the things and i have to say uh, I did a bad thing. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was a
1: little tiny Coke bottle. It was about this big. Yeah. It was about two inches tall. Yeah. And I have like, it was probably promotion for Coca-Cola or yeah. something at the time. And I stole it, put it in my pocket, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of the millions of things that was in there. But yeah. it's, it's my little memory of that shed. And I don't think you would mind,
0: Aww. but, uh,
1: my grandfather, uh, really uh, has given me a lot of inspiration.
0: We are going to take a short break, but please stay tuned. Something else I love about your artwork is that you have all these recycled pieces mm-hmm. and what one person might see as junk or garbage, you see it as art mm-hmm. and you incorporate it in your artwork and you make this masterpiece out of it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, especially with the, the steel. Mm-hmm. Um when I went and saw the steel and it was like kind of like looked like a little bit like corkscrewy mm-hmm. and like it was I just don't know this how beautiful. It, got design. So
1: mangled. it looked like somebody like a like a Mac truck had run into yeah. it and drug it down the street. <laughs> and so I, I forgot where I found that, but uh I copper leafed it mm-hmm. and then I acid washed it and gave it this kind of green patina yes. and attached it to this giant uh work that uh I had started. And, uh, to me, it looks like a rolling wave. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there's really no limit, I guess, is what that uh, is is saying that, you know, I'll pretty much take anything and, and use it in my art. And, uh, I think what the reason I, I put found object and stuff into the horizon line, it was, it was just my way of making myself stand out from anybody else who just drew a line. For the horizon line, because I started off that way. Uh, We talked earlier about how I couldn't draw my way out of a paper bag, but, you know, anybody can do the horizon line. I needed a way to make it unique for me and interesting for me. And I think because of my grandfather and the way he was always picking things up and bringing it home, and that somehow transferred to me, I think that that was just my... of hey this is how i can use all of this stuff that i bring home that just sits in a corner in a box or whatever and and make it interesting and unique or this is what is a defines a piece of michael hayden art for the most part yeah Uh, so uh, i have been asked to do paintings that don't have found object in it, Mm it it kind of doesn't feel like me it feels more like a Rothko. Uh, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I've been compared to Rothko many Mm -hmm. times. I mean, it's pretty obvious when you see my art, but that's not who I'm trying to, I'm not trying to copy anybody. It's just, it's about building those layers. And, and for me, they're really not landscapes. They're abstracts.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it just happens. I call them mixed media horizon lines.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I feel like your work has this yin and yang quality masculine feminine thank you yeah you try for that you do okay mm-hmm. because yeah that one you were talking about with the horizon line like i felt like the top of it had this very feminine soft quality and then with the steel on the bottom mm-hmm. was this, this rough like yeah. more masculine thank you so much yeah. for
1: recognizing that it's mm-hmm. important to
0: me yeah so uh, i very much connected with that because in my work too I try to incorporate that balance. I see that. Yeah. So yeah. It, it means a lot to me. Okay. So tell us more about your studio mm-hmm. and the next art show you are having with the talented Brooke Harker. Brooke Harker. Yeah. And what other artists have you represented in your space?
1: Um, so, uh, Brooke was uh, part of my recent show called Staycation mm-hmm. and, uh, I just learned so much from her working with her. I've been painting for about twenty five years, I would say, or maybe even more. And she just knows a lot about how to be successful uh, on the business side mm. of being an artist. and uh, she's just she's just such a lovely and energetic and positive person. and mm. you just want to be around her because oh, she's, yeah. and and her paintings uh, ex, are an expression of that as well. Her paintings are very energetic. they draw you in. There's so much more to see than just standing back and saying, oh, that's a painting of Rome or something. They really draw you in. And, and just even the brushstrokes that mm-hmm. she uses are just so energetic. Uh, but, and her
0: pieces, you must see in person. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> absolutely. And uh, but it's just like, you know, it doesn't transfer over the Internet know, in mm-hmm. the way they do in person. So, yeah, we're going to do a show with uh, Brooke Harker on May the 7th. And, uh, really looking forward to getting back into showcasing other, uh, so far it's been local artists because I've been, I've been working, you know, as an artist in LA for many, many years and mm-hmm. doing shows with other artists. And this is a thing about Saturday night live art shows that is also been a way to connect with other artists yes. because we're missing out on that or have been missing out on that. Because, you know, when you go to art shows uh, all the artists are there, you know, it's not just collectors and actually sometimes it's more artists than, than collectors, which, you know, to the, to the detriment of the, the gallery or, yeah. or the, the gallery owners aren't really happy about it, but you know, mm-hmm. this is what it is, you know, yeah. we're all supporting one another and that's, what's a beautiful thing. And, uh, so, so over the years I've run across many artists and, and I, I want to share their work as well. And I have that opportunity because. I moved into this new space. I was downtown LA and, uh, for the reason that I felt like I wasn't getting the exposure that I needed was because people were afraid to go downtown because I was close to Skid Row. Yeah. I had a great studio, but they were close. It was too close to Skid Row and made people uncomfortable. So, uh, a friend of mine had uh, a space around the corner from my studio and she said, you know, you should come and check this neighborhood out. And so I did. And. Uh, there was a space next to her that I liked, but it was sort of a you know even trade, but for more money. And I was like, ah, I don't, I don't want to do that. Well, for a little more money, next door to that was my space, mm, which wasn't ready to rent yet. Space. But she showed it to me. The real estate agent showed it to me, and I walked in. I was like, I gotta have it. Mm. I said, I don't care. I want it. You know. And so I have this big space. It's too big for a studio. I so I divided it up and. You know you see i mm-hmm. put these big hanging walls up there and behind that is my studio and then the front part is a really great space for a gallery yeah. and um yeah it just gave me the opportunity to share other people's work and my work takes so long to make that you know to have a show every month of just my work uh would you just see the same paintings over and over, over and over yeah and so um
0: which I wouldn't mind.
1: I could go in and see (laughs) your paintings over and
0: over and (laughs) every time, see, and I'll put a bench too and just stare.
1: (laughs) Thank you. appreciate that. But, but yeah, it's, it's, and it's also just been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of work too. Oh, I'm sure. So much work. So I'm trying to ride that line between being a gallerist and being an artist and uh, kind of cutting off my nose to spite my face because other galleries look at me as competition, but if you know me and you work with me, uh, you know, that, that I'm an honest person. And mm-hmm. if somebody wanted to buy a painting from another gallery where I had shown, then I would honor the, the okay. contract that I had with them as I would expect other people to do for me. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to, uh, bring more exposure also to my work. Uh, so people that, you know may brooks paintings may come in and be like okay well i have one of brook painting brooks paintings but you know look here at michael's paintings you know so it's just it's kind of a selfish way it also because uh, uh i want to bring other people it's another avenue to bring people in to yeah
0: expo- well i think so it's smaller. fair I, mean, I think it is too and you're <clears throat> I, the first thing i noticed about you was your kindness so oh, thank you you know when i meet another artist because sometimes i've run into i was. Um, earlier on in my career, very intimidated by other artists and mm-hmm. gallery owners. Yeah, and I understand that. and I all I'm all about energy, and I feel things from people. So when I see an artist that has that kindness, like it's so important to me, of and I like having them around me. A lot of
1: times, uh, when collectors buy a piece of art uh, and they get to meet or get to know the artist, I think uh, a lot of times. They're buying the art from the artist because of the artist. Yes. It's like when you go to buy a car. You could buy, you know, uh, I just bought a Toyota Forerunner. runner So you, I could buy a Toyota Forerunner runner from this dealership in this area. But if they're like, you know, giving me the runaround or whatever, I'm going to take my business someplace else. I exactly. can buy the same car someplace else. You know, exactly. it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think. I think you know people, people want to engage with the, the person who's made the art that they're about to bring into their home.
0: Absolutely. You know, and if
1: you think they're, they're nasty and have a bad attitude, then you might change your mind. You know? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So tell us how art has healed you.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but when I paint, I am in a sort of a meditative state Yes, hundred percent. Uh, yeah. And so we're in a, we've just gone through a, a very uh, difficult time in our history mm-hmm. with the pandemic and uh, we're all locked in quarantine and everything. And, uh, and now you know, we're dealing with, you know, the war in Ukraine and we're all afraid of nuclear war and mm-hmm. all of that. So, uh, thankfully I have this as an out painting, as an outlet to where I turn on my music, Mm-hmm. Uh, I start to paint and all of that melts away. Yeah, And I don't think about, I don't think about in, I started to say, I don't think about anything else when I paint, but I don't really think when I paint, Yeah, it's a very, uh, mechanical process for me. I, I feel like a conduit between mm-hmm. some higher force and, uh, going through me to the painting. And I, I mean, that sounds a little woo woo is a lot of what people say these days, but but it's the truth. Um, a lot of times, uh, and I, have said this to many people before I have, a, am painting in front of the, the, I paint flat because it's wax, you know? So if I painted upright, it would be dripping all over the floor, which I actually do sometimes, but, <laughs> sounds uh,
0: like fun, <laughs> but,
1: uh, yeah, but, uh, but I paint flat and then, um, sometimes, you know, I'll just turn around and I have all of these, they're like little sticks of butter. My, uh, my colors, they're, it's uh, beeswax, uh, pigment and resin in a little looks like a stick of butter. And I rub that into a pan on a hot plate to get a little color in the pan. And then I put the clear beeswax and resin medium into that. And that's my palette of paint. Wow. But when I reach for those colors, they're all stacked there, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't even think about what I, I, sometimes, I don't, sometimes I don't even look, you know, I kind of let just, you know, the the universe guide me and and i just reach and i grab a color and i figure out oh it's purple or oh it's yellow or oh it's green you know this is what i'm gonna do so i just kind of just go with it and mm. then it might seem awkward at first but in the end i'm like oh well that's because you know it was this looks so much better with this color layered underneath it or
0: you trust you know. the process you just absolutely. allow absolutely
1: and yeah. i have to tell you and I'll, i want to say this to all artists out there if you're trying to control what you're doing you're going to be very disappointed with the outcome. Yeah. If you can just let go and just paint and just trust the process, you'll be so much happier. Yeah. It's much more relaxing. And, uh, and yeah, it's just, painting is just a great time to, it's a lonely job because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're by our, it's just us and the canvas or whatever we're doing. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just, uh, uh, you get to work out all of those things in your head that are bothering you or else they melt away and you realize they're not that important after mm-hmm. all. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a oh, that's very beautiful. meditative thing. Very meditative. Very medita- healing.
0: Yeah, me- very meditative mm-hmm. and healing. Um, how has Saturday Night Live Art Shows impacted you?
1: Well, um, I think, as I said before, I'm a sort of a, an extroverted introvert. I'm a yeah. Leo Virgo on the cusp. Um, and, uh, and I am not somebody that'll stand here with the camera in front of my face and, <laughs> and talk, you know, cause then I just, you go back and look at it and just pick it all apart. And so it's really yeah. helped me to grow past that just to not care because nobody else cares. No, <laughs> you know, no. that's, that's just something that you just have to get over. And, um, so that's, it's really helped me to grow as an artist to be, um, uh, feel more comfortable, uh, sharing my work in front of other people. Uh, it's, uh, kind of, you don't have a choice, you know? Yeah. So that's been really good for that. Um, and it's also been a great way to connect with other artists in a yeah. time, like I said, you, you usually see all your artist buddies when you go to art openings and everything. Well, we couldn't do that during quarantine. Yeah. So this was really a great, a great way to, uh, uh, you know, not necessarily, uh, get to connect with them in person and have a conversation, but just, just know that there's other people out there going through what you're going through too. Yeah. And I think one of the really cool things about Saturday night live is that, um, you don't ever really get to, unless you physically go to a studio, you don't get to see where artists create their work. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And so we you, you a, get that, you get a glimpse of that. Yeah.
1: We've gotten a private studio tour of yeah. so many artists Yeah. that way. And it's, Fascinating. It's fascinating. fascinating and from
0: different parts of the world right artists you would not not meet how cool is that yeah you know yeah
1: i mean that you can connect with otherwise it would just be like oh you know we have the internet and everything but this makes it more personal because it's more personal, you're hearing yeah. them speak about their art and why they do this and where they live and what their studio is like and and i i i, I there's so many people that stick in my mind uh, uh, about what their studio looks like and have influenced me Having, and inspired yeah. me. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, yeah. that's, that's a really powerful thing.
0: Yeah. 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 And I notice a lot of artists are introverts and it's hard for them to go in front of the camera mm-hmm. and, step away from the canvas hiding mm-hmm. behind the canvas mm-hmm. uh it was hard for me mm-hmm. you know I, I was shaking like a leaf when me i first too. <laughs> i did my first one and my daughter was like oh my gosh mommy looks like there's an earthquake so <laughs> yeah so uh but you get over it
1: you do get over it yeah yeah you realize you're focusing on yourself and you're not focusing on sharing on sharing. Yeah. yeah and who might inspire your, your hair looks yeah. like I have to be a <laughs> And you realize nobody cares. No, no one cares. <laughs> really. They
0: don't. No. Um, so what words of wisdoms do you, do you have for all the creative spirits out there?
1: Uh, this is one of my favorite questions uh, actually, because uh, I think the most important thing I could say to other people who are just starting or who are, are mid-career or whatever, it's just be yourself. Yeah. Just be yourself. And uh I think that that your being yourself is gonna come through in your work and uh find your voice and embrace the difference that embrace your uh difference uh from another person. Don't try to compare. Don't try to compare yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. There's that old saying, compare and despair. I say it to myself all the time, compare and despair. This artist just sold this work and I'm not selling anything or oh, their art is so much more beautiful than mine mm-hmm. and, uh, and look at mine, you know, no, don't do that. You know, just, just be yourself and also don't let anybody else tell you how to do your art. How many times have people come in and said, oh, just stop right yeah. there. You know, or once you, you do this. did this, a little lure here, right here. I'm like, well, here you go. Why don't you make your own painting? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you do you. Yeah. And and that's another thing. Never apologize to anybody. I'm, I'm not going to say who it was, but recently I, I uh, visited a friend in his studio and he kept saying, Oh, you know, this is, you know, I, I feel bad because this looks like this or this looks like that. And his work is really beautiful. And I said to him, I said, stop apologizing. Your work is amazing, huh. you know, and, and yeah. who cares what anybody else thinks about your art. Cause he was saying somebody, uh, had come in and said, you know, I like this, but if you would just do this and it, it made it, it stuck in his head. I'm like, no, don't ever apologize. Yeah. You just keep doing your thing. I love that. That's not, that's not the painting for them.
0: No, you no, know? exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So just keep moving forward. Yeah. And do you
0: do you <laughs>
1: exactly?
0: hundred percent. Yeah. Beautiful. And how can people find you and where's your studio located?
1: Well, um, my website is pretty easy. It's Michael Um, I'm also on Instagram at Michael Hayden art. Uh, my studio is in the, the middle of Los Angeles. Um, uh, I'm seven blocks East of La Brea on West Jefferson Boulevard. It's forty-four thirteen West Jefferson Boulevard, and I have a giant bee mural. Uh, yeah. Paint. And, and people are like, "What's the bee for?" I'm, well, I I'm paint with
0: beeswax. Beeswax. Uh,
1: <laughs> and it was created by a very talented artist by the name of uh, Mitch Henson, who was also in the Staycation show uh, with Brooke, uh, and I love his work. Uh, and he's uh, actually. Uh, well, I would, I would, I wouldn't say he's a new artist. He's, he's a very talented artist and uh, but I think he's kind of crossing uh, into fine art from okay. uh, he was, he was working at Trader Joe's and doing all of those, you know, all of oh. the art you see in Trader Joe's Oh wow! and now he's transitioning into fine art and he, what a, what a great skill he's developed from working as uh, at Trader Joe's, and I mean he can do anything. He wow. can do anything,
0: wow. and
1: uh, I I can't wait to see what's in store for him. That's cool. But, uh, but Artists yeah. are always evolving. Oh yes. We are. <laughs> how, how, how sad it would be if we weren't. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast. It's oh, Truly you. a <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> I, I was so
1: uh, honored. Uh, and and surprised, you know, when you asked me, I, I thought, oh, this is great. Of course I will. You know, there's no question.
0: So Yes, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, and I don't
1: think my voice was shaking. I wasn't too nervous. No, I you did great. It
0: <laughs> was amazing. So you get over it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Thank you for joining my Creative Spirits podcast today. If you would like to see more of my work, you can go to CherylBenji.com or follow me on Instagram at CherylBenji underscore art, or you can also join my Creative Spirits Facebook group or the Saturday Night Live Art Shows group, which is an amazing platform for artists to share their work and get more exposure. And if you like this podcast, please share it with anyone you think might be inspired by it and give me a follow. It would really mean the world to me. Thank you, and until next time.